This is the Saverin on Steelers podcast from Steelers Nation Radio. Catch Stan every weekday at 2 on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Steelers' running game has become empty, partially because it's ineffective, but maybe because they don't utilize it enough. Most would say, certainly after viewing the last three games, the Steelers have no chance to beat the Patriots. Every team has a chance. If the Steelers, however, are to have a chance, I think there's something that they must do Sunday, and for a number of reasons. We're three-quarters of the way through the regular season, more than that. And there are five teams that drafted quarterbacks in the first round this year, and they've all had to use them. Some have been hurt, some have come back, some started the year on the bench and are now the starters. But of the five rookie quarterbacks, pretty much doing most of the playing for their teams. I'm talking about Sam Darnold with the Jets, Baker Mayfield with the Browns, Lamar Jackson now with the Ravens, Josh Allen with Buffalo, Josh Rosen with Arizona of that group. Who's had the best year? And does that surprise you, whatever your choice is? If the Steelers are to have any chance to beat the New England Patriots Sunday, and I think they do, I don't think it's a great chance, nor do I think it's a great chance for them to make the playoffs at this point. They have no one to blame but themselves. But there's one thing that they absolutely must do that they haven't been doing, and in part, even with that awful, lousy, choking dog defense that can't get a stop in the final drives of the game. And I think that has as much to do with it as poor coaching, schemes, and performance. How about some mental toughness? But that aside, the Steelers have to start running the ball again. Now, I'm fine with statistics and numbers and metrics if it supports what we see on the field. And here's a case where it most certainly does. I don't think you can deny these. I mean, there are nuances to this, but I don't think you can ignore the numbers. Thanks once again to Aditi Kinkabwala of the NFL Network. Put this out on Twitter, and I am stealing it blatantly, but I'm giving Aditi credit. I did not come up with this, although I think everybody has noticed this, right? In the five-game, excuse me, six-game winning streak, the Steelers ran the ball 42% of the time. They passed it 57% of the time. That's still not as much balance as I would like to see, but in today's NFL, okay. In the last three games, now 42 and 57 and some fractions. So that's during the six-game winning streak. In the three-game losing streak, they've run the ball 24.5%. They've passed it 75.5%. And let me amend something. The the first number may be the five-game winning streak before they got to Jacksonville, which I think they only ran the ball like 11 times. So let me amend that. And that would be the beginning with Atlanta and Cincinnati and Baltimore and Carolina and so Cleveland. They ran the ball 42% of the time, 57% the ball was in the air. But on the three-game losing streak, it's gone up 
to 20, down to 24, and up to 75. Now, you can talk all you want about, well, they were behind, and then they... But they weren't really. It's not like the Kansas City game. It's not like the Jacksonville playoff game where they were down 21 nothing. Not at all. And I know that people say, well, you're behind, you have to throw. At the end of the game they were, but did it ever occur to anybody that the reason they were behind was because they didn't run the ball enough? Now, one might say, well, last week Connor wasn't there, and no, he wasn't. But the point is, in the previous two games where they lost to Denver and the Chargers, he was there, and they still didn't run the ball. And oh, by the way, in the Charger game, they had a 16-point lead at half. And yeah, they came out and ran the ball to begin the second half, then the holding penalty on Ramon Foster and so on and so forth. But even with that, they were still ahead. So you can't use that as an excuse that they were behind or that Connor wasn't there. I don't think that you can leave the offensive line out of this discussion. I think they're a great pass-blocking unit. And I don't know what's happened to them in terms of the running game. And there is something to be said when you're using Jalen Samuels, who's he's not a good runner now. He's just not. Good out of the backfield, but you, he and Ridley... They're too slow to the hole. I brought this up to you on the postgame show Sunday night, which is why you should listen to that, (laughs) or this show, which you should always listen to. They're too slow to the hole. And it's not a matter of a guy having 4-3 speed. Some guys with 4-3 speed don't have the instinct as to when to hit it up in there. These two guys are serviceable backs, Samuels especially, as a third down option if and when Connor's healthy. And maybe it's because he's inexperienced, and maybe it's because he didn't run the ball much at NC State. Maybe he'll get better. But what I saw against, what were they, the 97th-ranked run defense in the NFL? I didn't see it, and I didn't see it as many holes. Part of that is the running back, but part of it's the offensive line. Pro Bowl this, I see. Retweet for the Pro Bowl. Can you mention to me based on performance this year outside of skill position, who deserves to be on the Pro Bowl? Can you name? You're trying to tell me Cam Hayward? I don't think so. Truth of the matter is, the last three weeks, the best defensive lineman they've had is Hargrave. And the offensive line, they're doing a good job protecting Ben, but they're not doing a good job running the football. And that goes back to even in the middle of their winning streak. 
and they stop running the ball for whatever reason. I think there are two things. I think they are pass happy. I've been saying that. They are last in the NFL in percentage of runs. A Steeler team. That doesn't mean you live on what happened 20 years ago when Jerome was here. And it's a passing league, but I'm sorry. And as we talk about the specifics of Sunday against New England, let's poke the elephant in the room. Wake up, elephant. The elephant in the room is if you're running the ball, you get that choking dog defense sitting on the bench. So you don't expose them. I'm not saying you put the reins on your offense. I don't believe in this. Well, you know, you better not score too fast left with the defense out there. That's on the defense. You score as often as you can, as quickly as you can. But I also think a solid running game will help the passing game. And, although not the primary reason to do it, the secondary reason to do it, is not having that defense on the field as much as they've been. I mean, hey, I realize Ben was out against Oakland, but a couple first downs in that game could have made all the difference. Not even scoring plays, a couple of first downs. And I know a team stacked the box. There were times when teams stacked the box against the Steelers and other teams and they still ran the ball. You don't think the Steelers stacked the box against Jacksonville? They did. They ran all over them anyway. Tom Brady is going to pile up yards and he's just going to score points. Let's think about this. Last year in the game here, he scored 27 If you hold Tom Brady to 27, you should have a chance to win that game, especially with this offense. They were doing a pretty good job against him. If they hold him to 27, they've got a real chance to win. As long as they don't give the ball back to him with two minutes to play. Or give him the ball as often as he's accustomed to. Run the ball. And one other defensive issue, no quarterback likes to get hit. But especially him. He gets pissed off. And for all this talk about Steelers lead the AFC in sacks and they got a million sacks and, oh, boy, and dancing around, how about getting one when it matters the most in a fourth-quarter drive when you've got a chance to get off the field and win the damn game? Do we see any sacks there? No, we don't. So don't tell me how many sacks you got. Don't tell me how you rank in the conference. Show me when you got those sacks. Maybe then I'll be impressed. The Saverin on Steelers podcast from Steelers Nation Radio. Oh, right. but she wants the young American.
And you thought I didn't know anything about David Bowie, right? You probably assumed that. Well, you assumed wrong. Young Americans. <laughs> There's a stretch, I know, but he's iconic, right? Rest in peace. Five quarterbacks were taken in the first round. And some of them were not drafted to be a starter right away. Some were. Some did. But some have had to wait their turn. Baker Mayfield had to wait for Tyrod Taylor, or Tyrod, if you prefer. Darnold started right away, but Lamar Jackson waited until Joe Flacco got hurt. And by the way, <clears throat> Sunday against Tampa Bay, not that, that should be an issue. Guy could play quarterback against Tampa Bay on that defense. But for the first time in his career, Joe Flacco is a backup when healthy. Lamar Jackson, why wouldn't you? They're on a winning streak. Josh Allen started for Buffalo, but he's been hurt. And Josh Rosen, he didn't start right away, but they're pretty awful out there. And they made a commitment because they traded their starter away and so on and so forth. So my question was, of those five guys, which has been the best? And I think the answer is a clear Baker Mayfield. I mean, his team has won more games, and not Baltimore, but Jackson was only there for about a quarter of the season to this point. But Baker Mayfield, the Browns won five games. I remember the over and under was like five, and I said, oh, I bet, I bet the under on that. They're not winning five games. Well, they've already won five. He didn't know they were going to fire Hugh Jackson, though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if I didn't know they were going to fire Hugh Jackson, I would have said nine or ten. Um, but anyway, not that I believe that the other guy is uh, is a great coach. We'll see what happens with them. But I mean, Baker Mayfield has been awfully good. He's frankly, I thought when the Browns took him, I thought their best move would have been to draft Saquon Barkley, and then they were going to get Darnold. They were going to get Allen. Maybe they would have even gotten Baker Mayfield and Saquon Barkley. I mean, to, to me, Barkley is the rookie of the year. He's been unbelievable with a bad team. But usually you go to bad teams when you get drafted number one overall. But Baker Mayfield right now has been the best. I mean, who's got the highest upside? I don't know. Probably... A scout or an assistant coach could tell you that. I still kind of think it's Josh Allen based on his talent, but he is playing with the Bills, so that's a factor, right? But I would think right now that you'd have to say it's Baker Mayfield. I have to say, and people are worried about his attitude. And I would have to say his attitude, given that team and given that franchise, that's a good thing. They need something like that. And not to make this about Cleveland, because I think they're a ways away, although if the Steelers are in decline, they might be more of a challenger in the division sooner than we think. But I, I watch them, and I watch them win, and I'm thinking they're not going anywhere this year vis-a-vis the playoffs, although mathematically, believe it or not, they're still in it. They're hurting their draft chances. 
every game they win, they're getting a worse pick. And it's not just in the first round. You know, they've been stockpiling number twos and number threes. That affects you there, too. I think a lot of people were worried about Baker Mayfield's arm. It's not as strong as some of the others, but sometimes it's about instinct. And he seems to get the ball in there. Again, I kind of think based on talent, although he's with Buffalo, that maybe Josh Allen may have the greatest upside. But Mayfield's also playing on a team that really only has one wide receiver, decent tight end, and a good running back. But it's interesting to me that he's the guy that mo- he's the guy that most people had questions about immediately. I think people had questions about guys like Josh Rosen, people like that, but that they would have to grow into the position of being a starter in the National Football League. And that Mayfield, despite his accomplishments and the Heisman Trophy, which is meaningless in the NFL, his skills were the most questioned. His readiness maybe wasn't, but his skills were. Well, he looks pretty ready, and his skills maybe. than most people thought. It's interesting about draft picks. I saw the first one I've seen. I'm sure some of you have seen 83 of them already. But there was a a mock draft conducted by somebody. It was someone fairly reputable, as those things go. And they they had a mock draft. And the thing is interesting, not the personnel. But the first 10 picks in the mock draft... Seven either defensive linemen or cornerbacks, two offensive linemen, and one quarterback. Now, last year, great quarterback class, you know, quite the opposite, first round. But I thought that that was really interesting. That's the way the game is being played. Someone tweeted out earlier, an NFL scout who's anonymous, he said, Get me the guy who throws the football. Get me the guy who chases after the guy who throws the football. And when he does throw the football, get me the guy who can defend against that pass. So he's talking about quarterback number one, if he's there, defensive lineman number two, and corners, secondary personnel, primarily corners, Number three, and I do not want to get into draft talk yet. I mean, I I really don't. It's so early. There's still a ton of time. We are going to talk about the Steelers' opportunities to win this game. And if you missed the start of the show, you know that I think that, and no guarantees, that the key, a key, They've got to start running the football. Whether Connor's available or not, they've got to start running the football. I'll repeat those statistics for you. During the five-game winning streak, and I'm cutting it off before the Jacksonville game because they they ran the ball like 11 times that day, 
In that five-game winning streak, they ran the ball 42.2% of the time, and they passed at 57.8% of the time. And given their arsenal of passing weapons, I'm okay with that. But in the three-game losing streak, and I'm sure these numbers would be skewed even further if you included the Jacksonville game, keep in mind, 42-57, and the three-game losing streak, they're running 24.5% of the time, passing 75.5% of the time. And as I already debunked, it's not because they've been behind. It's not because James Conner was not available, because he was except for last Sunday. It's a matter of the calls that are being played. I think it's also a matter of the quarterback being given a lot of latitude. And if you give the quarterback the option, not that he doesn't want to do what's best for the team, but come on, if you give a quarterback an option of, calling a run play or a pass play, what do you think he's going to do most of the time? If you've got a singer on stage, is the singer going to recite the words or sing the words if they have the option? I think part of it's on Ben. These RPOs or even the plays he calls in two-minute, maybe that's not a good example. Not two-minute, because then you're definitely the hurry-up offense. Not a two-minute warning. There are two different things, a two-minute drill. Just when no huddle. When he's doing no huddle and he's calling a lot of the plays or he has the option of changing plays that Fiekner gives to him, quarterbacks like to fire it. In basketball, shooters like to shoot it. They'd rather shoot than pass. And I think that mentality's got to change, especially not only will make it their offense better, but it'll take that soft and cheesy defense off the field more often than need be. Now, at some point, they're going to have to defend. At some point in the fourth quarter, if it gets to that, they're going to have to make a play, which they never do. But you might be able to avoid that if you're keeping Brady sitting by the Gatorade cooler. The Saverin on Steelers podcast from Steelers Nation Radio. Gets the snap, wants to throw it. Throws it for the touchdown to Tessie Jones. Would you believe that? The Steelers leapfrog back ahead with 28 seconds to go. What a throw by Ben. How about Jesse James plays out, catches that ball, falls in the end zone. Unbelievable. I think here, here's Tony Carrenti, and this is mighty, mighty big. This is huge. Is it a touchdown or is it After not? After reviewing the play, the receiver in the end zone did not survive the ground. It's an incomplete I pass. I told you. I It'll told be you. Pittsburgh's ball, second down and 10 at the 10-yard line. Oh, the game clock is correct and will start on the next snap. And history was made, and rules were changed. That was well, last year. response was it didn't mean you had to throw an interception in the exactly, end zone. Exactly, exactly what I'm thinking. There was confusion. And yet another turnover in the end zone 
when the game was on the line, at least a tie was on the line. We've seen that. Lucky they didn't have one last week on the Juju pass. The last touchdown they scored. That was awful careless with the ball. That could have been picked. Yeah. Again, you know, yet again. Um, we forget that it was a three-point game. We also forget that Joe Hayden didn't play in that game. Now, everybody yeah. can, uh, But you know what? The Patriots have beaten the Steelers without Rob Gronkowski. They won a Super Bowl without Rob Gronkowski, too. Uh, let me just open it up. Do you think the Steelers have a shot? And if so, what do they have to do? Yeah, I, I think they do. I think if if Connor is 90%, it would be a big help stand. The, the, the Patriots' defense isn't anything to write home about. It's ranked very mid middle of the NFL to the passing. I think your passing defense is twenty second or twenty third. I looked it up earlier in a week. I forget what it is. And I think they can be scored upon, uh, but they're going to get some points too. Um, you know, if you have no name tight ends beating you in Oakland, what's Gronkowski <laughs> going to do? I would take a long hard look. And you're much better at football X's and O's than me. Is what they did to keep Gronkowski quiet for three quarters last year because he was not a factor till the fourth quarter. Try to figure out what went right there and see if you can do it for. But that that sort of part. You asked me a question. This I I, I think this was after they beat Tampa. Do I think the Steelers can get where they want to be with their defense? I was, I was getting ready to leave. It was one of the last things we talked about I was leaving that day. It was late September, early October, and I said no. Then they go on a six-game winning streak, and they're holding teams to 18 to 24 points a game. And I'm like, boy, I was wrong. They really have improved. But listen to these numbers. 73, 75, 79, 79. 64 touchdown drives. touchdown drives that they have allowed during their three game losing streak and tooting and two of those were in the fourth quarter that won the game. I mean, that look, you, you know, you, you, and, and you're bringing in this offense, Tom Brady, as laser focused as they're going to be after the way they lost. It was fun watching them lose. It was fun watching that play, but I wish that would have been a different week of the season, not before they're coming in here. First thing I thought of, they're not going to be in a, in a happy mood. And, again, it's not only the length of drives, bad enough, but when games are on the line, games can be won with just a stop, not even a pick, not even a – Like you said before I came on, games can be won by just getting a first down. You Absolutely. don't have to score. But just a stop, force someone to punt once in a while. Um, and, and, you know, they allow that crap. I don't care. Derek Carr's a nice quarterback. But they allowed two 75-yard drives in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And x-rays or no x-rays, Ben did come back in and do what he was supposed to do and get him the lead. And that defense just gives up a 75-yard drive and a 39-yard completion when the guy's double covered. Well, the one thing that I— And oh, by the way, the reason that Sutton may be in and Hilton uh, benched, he was standing around on the goal line— on the touchdown pass to Carrier, the tight end. Just he and Morgan Burnett just standing around, you know, looking. It looked like Malkin in front of the net defensively. Well, I think the one thing, one of the few things that I heard at the press conference Tuesday that I thought was actually true or didn't have at least some doubt was Tomlin's befuddlement at they have coverage and they're not making the plays. They are pressuring the quarterback, and they're not getting the turnovers. They were so close. I think it was Hayden on that long pass that set up that touchdown. He was right there. He had his hand around him. He played it perfectly, and he just waved at the ball and just missed knocking it down. I, I, it's it's not like 
Look, for a while there, in the end of Dick LeBeau's tenure, their, their big issue was giving up the big plays. You know, teams teams weren't getting any ground on them. They'd throw a 64-yard touchdown pass. Now it's the exact opposite. In general, they're not giving up big plays, but they can't get off the field. And 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 the fact that they've had all these fourth-quarter leads and can't shut it down is what makes it triply frustrating to me. So they've shown signs especially earlier in games. I mean, you know, to build that lead against Denver, to build that lead against the Chargers, to the opening game of the year. You're up two touchdowns in Cleveland. Look, the Browns are vastly impressed. I like watching the Browns play right now. They're into it. I wouldn't want to play them the last couple of weeks. They got a chance to finish close to 500. They're having the most fun that they've had in years. But that was still the first game of the year. You're still up two touchdowns. They still don't know who they are yet. They still think they're the Browns, and you let them get back into that game. James Conner, fumble or no fumble. Absolutely. They, be, yeah, they, they got a big lip from that. But where's your backbone? Where's your spine? Right. And it, are you give, even if you give up a touchdown after that fumble, don't give up the second one. Exactly. Exactly the point. Uh, I look at these these fourth-quarter drives, the Charger game in particular. I mean, you're letting Case Keenum drive on you. Phillip Rivers, that's one thing. But still, you had a two-touchdown lead at the half. And, and getting the momentum. ball to start the third quarter, and the, which the, I think they went three and out, didn't they? No, they drove the ball down. That's where Ramon Foster got oh, the penalty. That's and that right. That's Knocked right. him out of field goal. That's Although right. with this guy, um, you know, who knows? You can't count on anything. What do you uh, think is going to happen there? I, mean, I don't they're know. going to sign one of these guys? No, they haven't yet. And, and here's what we— Forbes' numbers aren't bad. No, they're not. Um, he's just been around so many teams and failed so many times. But then again, like Boswell was saying today or said yesterday, you know, I went through all the tryouts and I got cut and didn't make it. The the last we heard, one of the guys in the locker room said that Boswell was in the locker room for practice today. The other guys were not. They worked out yesterday. And Unless they're planning on going down to Heinz Field and kicking there. I mean, kicking in an indoor facility on the south side, that doesn't tell me much. Yeah. It looks right now like they're going with Boswell, and I still think they don't want to let him go. And I I know that cheating is not allowed in the NFL unless you play in New England. Uh, But, oh, my God, Boswell slipped and he wrecked his ankle. He hurt his hip. Uh, we have to put a, him on IR. So you protect him, but get somebody else and in. get him in here next year and see if he wins back the position. If you don't think you can trust him now, based on what I'm hearing today, it looks like they're going to go with Boswell yet again. Yeah, well, I, I've kind of felt that all along when somebody come in and blew them away. But, you know, the other guys, Jeff Reed, even Norm Johnson late in his career. I mean, almost every kicker they've had since Gene Mingo, they've taken off the scrap heap. I mean, you know, and Gary and, and Anderson yeah, came off know, the waiver wire. Buffalo let him go. He's one of the best <laughs> kickers in it. So they've had a good success. Hey, I, I don't want to sit here and look at these guys coming in here. Well, they've bounced around. They've been cut a couple of times because, by and large, it's worked out here, which is unusual in the fact that it's not an easy field to kick in half of your games. Squeeze them. Reed, oh, when Sway got sweet, Boswell. I, I, I had a buddy that, that he was with the Redskins, right? Before. And Dallas. He was and, in Dallas. But too. I had a buddy that said, oh, this guy stinks. <laughs> I can't believe him. Until he got hurt, he did a nice job here. He did a very nice job. In fact, if he hadn't gotten hurt, he'd still be here. Yeah. Because he's doing a great job, and they wouldn't have gone after Boswell. But the I mean, one guy that wasn't any good is the one they traded for, Josh Scobie. Yeah. Well, he cost him two games that 
that and got rid of him. And I think that's when they signed Sweezum, right? Wasn't that the sequence there? No, Scobie was after Sweezum got hurt. Got hurt? In fact, when Scobie, they got rid of him, that's when they brought in Boswell. Oh, okay. And okay. Forbath was tried out with Boswell. It kind of came down to those two. Forbath's still trying to get in the door here. Well, it looks like right now, based on their, their practicing right now, uh, it looks like Boswell again. You know, and back to the defensive performance. Uh, it just seems to me that they're they're placing an awful lot on how many sacks they have. Oh, we have this many sacks. Oh, and we're on target. I don't care about that. If they're creating fumbles, okay. But it's not the amount of sacks. It's when you get them. If they would have gotten a sack on Phillip Rivers, if they would have gotten a sack on Keenum, if they would have gotten a sack on Carr at, a, at an appropriate time, they win those games. Don't tell me about a sack you got in the second quarter. Not that that's not valuable, but when the game's on the line, that's when I want to see you drop a quarterback on a third down or make it a second down, uh, an 18, or a third down and 14. Right. That, and I don't see that. I all say, yeah, like, he's got that many sacks. The team's got this many sacks. That's not the point. Yeah, I mean, coaches will tell you that sometimes pressures are better even than the sack themselves because they cause the quarterback to make mistakes. I mean, they're on pace for their all-time fewest interceptions ever. You know, so what, that pressure, that's action ice. Maybe it kills that drive, but also by the amount of uh, yardage they're allowing and the drives they're allowing, a third and 11 isn't so daunting for the opposing quarterback right now for the way the defense is playing. Yeah, I mean, they, you know, even after they got a negative play or there's a penalty on the Chargers, remember there was a, like a second and 18, they gave up 16 on the second down play. So now it's third and two. Um, Pretty negative time when you think about it. I mean, it's, you know, yeah. It's a, the, the Penguins and the Steelers, and it's just bitching about, as Bino would say, oh, it's all about the bitching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, w- one of our listeners, Deanna, uh, posts on Facebook, and I'm waiting for it to come up, on my computer that I guess they didn't feed the hamsters uh, to get it to uh, run fast enough. But she was talking about just lumping the Steelers um, and the Penguins. And she says, are there any teams in Pittsburgh that know how to play defense while not wasting the efforts of the offense? Looking at you, Steelers and Penguins. My good goodness, that was awful last night. You were sitting in here when I was going through my, not my opening rant, but a follow-up that the only chance, or let me put it, the best chance they have of potentially winning this game is they've got to run the ball more, not abandon their pass game. The Patriots' defense is vulnerable. You can throw on them. But you've got to run the ball more because it makes the passing game better. I gave you the numbers. Yeah, look that back up, Stan. Uh, They're 23rd against the pass, 15th against the rush, 22nd overall. New England? Yeah, that doesn't make you quake in your boots. Well, I was going to look that up, and I thought, well, why bother? The Raiders were 31st against the run, and they don't do it. They they don't even try to do it. Um, So that's why I didn't bother looking that up. But I think two factors. I think it makes your passing game better, and I don't know if Connor's going to be there or not. But you've got to give it some attention. I gave you the numbers on how the percentage of runs versus passes when they had their five-game winning streak lopping off Jacksonville, and the same numbers – in the three-game losing streak. And, of course, the elephant in the room is you keep that defense off the field if you possess the ball longer. And I agree with you completely that it's not that they're throwing more because they're losing because I gave you the numbers last week. I'm in front of me now. 
They had thrown almost the identical amount of passes when they had yeah. a lead as they had when they were trailing for the season. So that's not uh, – But the, my problem is I I agree with you about running. I don't know. I, you might be banging your head against the wall if you're using Ridley and Samuels. I just They're not as good as Connor. Connor's not as good as Le'Veon Bell. They didn't you're run way, the ball when they had Connor. You're way down the – Yeah, well, that's – and then we <laughs> talked about that last week too, starting with nine or ten straight passing plays in Denver. But I, I don't know that you're going to beat the Patriots running Stephen Ridley. I just don't. Well, even even if I agree with you in in premise that they need to run the ball more. I just don't know that he's the guy that's going to do it. Well, I mean, I agree with that. I mean, they're they're you know running with one leg tied behind their back. Uh, a healthy Connor would be a big boost. I'm not taking or letting that offensive line off the hook. I think that they're overrated. To be honest with you, this guy at the Pro Bowl, and I, I'm sorry. Um, they're very good at pass protection. I think the sack totals will tell you that, especially the amount of times they throw. But the run game should be better if, indeed, we're talking about three pro bowlers on that offensive line. Well, think about think about think about how unusual a style Le'Veon Bell had and his hesitation and his a lot of a lot of that is pausing for a second, looking for the hole and going after it. 99% of the guys have been taught from the day they carried in their first midget game, hit the hole, hit the hole. Hit the, well, if, if they're, you're running right up there and there is no hole, you're not gaining that yardage. Except that before he got hurt, Connor was leading the AFC in rushing. Yeah. So they were running the ball, and they were running it successfully. And then all of a sudden, I think they got enamored of the pass. Oh, boy, isn't this fun? Yeah. Well, that's the whole league, but... It is, but... Nobody runs a fewer amount of time from a percentage standpoint than the Steelers. Well, that's it's, it's dead fun, last, right? And it's funny how things change. We talked to, a month ago. We we're talking about why the increase. They, they led the NFL in, in red zone touchdown percentage. Could could possibly set the all time mark. Then I'm watching them last week, and they're setting up, and they have they're at the two yard line. They're in an empty set. Yeah, and I want to pull pull my hair out. And let's face it. The Jacksonville win, he got in by an inch because it was a run-pass option. And I still believe that given the latitude that he's given, and not that he shouldn't be given the latitude, but a quarterback is going to pass more often than he's going to run, given the opportunity, not only on the goal line, but at the 30-yard line. If he comes up and he sees, oh, this defense, I can pass against this defense, you don't want to take that away from him. But chances are a quarterback is going to want to be a quarterback. Yeah, and and I, I just, I, I don't know where this all went wrong. I, I really don't. But I will say this, in studying it, and I and I, I'm as guilty as anybody. And you're kind of stunned that they've lost these games after they had won the six. We sat here and picked apart the Chargers before they came in. You said they beat one team. You know their schedule was soft. They beat one team. You know these te- teams with a winning record. The Steelers have beaten Baltimore one. That's it. Yep. And they split the games with them, and they barely won. You know. Uh, what what game this year on their schedule makes you think they're a Super Bowl contender? None. None? Not now. No. I agree. 